All right, guys, here we are on our second week post-surgery. Yeah, I've I've had all week with my foot up, laying around, can't do a whole lot. Had all this time to do some great research. She did. Had all this time. You know what I did? Absolutely nothing. I found The Floor is Lava on Netflix. And it's the worst, greatest show ever. It is the dumbest shit ever. <laughs> but it's that game that everybody played when they were little. But it's like a game show with red water that you fall in. Yeah. It's, it's a show. It's terrible and it's great. Yeah. So, so anyways, I, I did some research, though, so we do have a show today. Yay. So why don't we get a little warning going? Here's our warning, guys, and I, I do apologize. This podcast may not be suitable for children. If you are easily offended or bothered by strong language or dark humor, this may not be the podcast for you. This podcast accepts no responsibility for butthurt feelings or erections lasting longer than four hours. Thank you. And good evening, and welcome to What the Was That Podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne. And I'm Jill. And today, well, I'd love to tell you what we're talking about, but since I was not responsible for any research since Jill's been laid up, I have no clue what we're talking about. The floor is lava. We are not (laughs) doing a show about that. No, we're not, but I thought that'd be funny to get your reaction to. And uh, if we were, you would do it by yourself. <laughs> okay, so what you do is you set up your couch. No, just stop now. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry, folks. All right, so what we're actually talking about is the 27 Club, or also called the Forever 27 Club. Okay, and this um, is a, a, a special club that is thought that sold their soul to the devil so they could make it big in the music world. Yep, pretty much. Um, you don't really want to be a member of this club. Um, it um, it means you're dead. Yeah, <laughs> it means you got 27 good years. Well, so, you got yeah. 27 years. Yeah. So basically it, it includes musicians, artists, actors, and athletes, though I don't have any examples of those, um, who have died at the age of 27. These deaths are often the result of drug and alcohol abuse or violent deaths such as murder, suicide, or accidents. So I thought you would like to take the what what's kind of known as the origin story of the 27 Club. The origin story, yes, then happens to start in um, Tennessee, or not Tennessee, I'm sorry. <laughs> you apologize to Tennessee. I am, because it's Mississippi. <laughs> It all starts at the crossroads of Mississippi. And the crossroads, uh, I know what's in here, the actual roads themselves. Actually, it's not because what I found, apparently like a dozen different roads claim to be the crossroads. Oh, okay. So, So, scratch that. Yeah. Um, Robert Johnson was the original member of the 27 Club. And um, like I said, he started in Mississippi in 1930. And legend has it that Robert Johnson 
made a deal with the devil. He was told to take his guitar to the crossroads, and at least a dozen sites claimed to be the crossroads. And at the crossroads, he would be met by the devil who took his guitar away from him, tuned it, then the devil played played a few songs, then the guitar then handed the guitar back to Johnson. Now I'm gonna do a little back backstory to this. Robert Johnson was a young kid and he hung around all the the old blues musicians in, in Mississippi. And and this story's kind of referenced in O Brother Where Art Thou? Yes, and many other countless stories. Um, as a matter of fact, the crossroads with a Karate Kid guy. Uh, Ralph mm, Maggio? Yes, that guy. Um, but anywho, Johnson was known as a, a kid with a, a good heart and wanted to know how to, wanted to learn how to play, and he could play a harmonica okay. But they, they said he was horrible at guitar. I mean, absolutely horrible. Pro- probably now if people heard him play, they'd be like, oh, bless him. Right. Bless his heart. Right. So, <laughs> Which, if you don't speak Southern, means, oh, you just stop. Right. <laughs> so he, um, you know, he, he tried real hard, and he'd sit in and, and on these little uh, blues jam sessions. And, you know, he, he just tried, but he never could get it. It wasn't for lack of work. He just didn't have... Right. What, and I always kind of think of it like me with sports. I can understand the mechanics of it. You can tell me exactly how to throw the basketball into the hoop and how to hold my feet and all that. I can understand it perfectly. It doesn't mean my body's going to do it. Right. So Johnson disappeared for about six to eight months. Nobody saw him. Um... And the the legend also has it that he had went up to his uncle's place up toward, up north Mississippi, and um, while he was gone, he learned to play. Some guys had sat down and, and worked with him, and he he actually put the time in and learned how to play. And when he came back, he was one of the best blues guitar players. Period. Now, maybe one of those fellows that helped him learn to play was the devil. Maybe he wasn't. <laughs> you know, whatever. But that is w- that's why they say that he sold his soul to the devil, because when he left town, he couldn't play. And when he came back, he was like, wow, he, this boy can play. Yeah. And, and this also kind of crosses over, which I don't have in your notes. That's why I'm jumping in, into the African spiritual tradition of hoodoo and the god of Papa Legba who is also considered to be this person at the crossroads. Right, and Papa Legba also kind of court jumps over into the New Orleans voodoo. Right, and, and is considered like the keeper of the underworld, basically, which would be the devil, kind of, if you're thinking that way, but right. they don't really have a devil. Right, they have Papa Legba. Yeah. So, in this exchange... It gifted him with the master mastery of playing the guitar. But for this ability, Johnson had to sell his soul to the devil. Oh. And um You don't get free gifts from the devil. That's right. And he he I'm sorry, kinda of skipping over notes here. Well, you know him a little bit, so you can kinda of just talk right. to you if you want, but 
Um, like I said earlier, he was a major influence in the creation of... Well, actually, I didn't. But he, he did influence rock and roll, which rock and roll stems from the blues. Right. Uh, even to this day, your your major minor, minor pentatonic scale, pretty much every guitar solo ever is in a major or minor pentatonic scale. And, and the odd thing is one of his popular songs was about this crossroads thing. Yes. Um, and as a matter of fact, Tim McGraw had a song about Robert Johnson and the crossroads. Mm-hmm. There's uh, lots of songs about it. I mentioned some of that on your turn the page. Oh, uh, that's Metallica and M- Bob Seger. No, I mean when you turn the page. Oh, you mean my actual <laughs> note page. Yes, when you turn your paper. <laughs> <laughs> see, see what I did there? Yes. No, he didn't write turn the page. No, he didn't. That I'm aware of. Um, his most famous songs are Sweet Home Chicago, which was, I don't know if he actually wrote that. Uh, that's just credited as well, one of his songs. He may right. have just recorded it. And the thing is, that's one of those songs that everybody plays. Right. It's kind of like um, when I was playing, you know, Dixieland a lot. That was always a one of our songs that everybody wanted to hear. Play Freebird. We didn't write it, nor, you know, but <laughs> everybody always wanted to hear it. So that may be the thing there, because I'm not sure that he actually wrote that. But he was known for playing it. Right. And I think he recorded it. And uh, Hellhound on My Trail and Love in Vain. And the Crossroad Blues. You skipped over that one, which is that song about ah, the yes. crossroads. Crossroad Blues. And uh, change. Might be a little noise here, guys. He's throwing things. Don't hit me again. Well, know your place, woman. <laughs> um, Johnson influenced many popular artists, such as the Rolling Stones that covered some of his music. Eric Clapton recorded several of his songs. I think Clapton actually had like an album of his songs that yeah. he recorded. Well, you know, Eric Clapton is one of is a phenomenal guitar player. I mean, we could probably do a show on Clapton mm-hmm. by himself. But I mean. he made it past 27, so he must have come by his a different way. Yeah, it must have been talent. <laughs> um, you know, because I didn't know that Eric Clapton was the lead guy in Cream, and Cream was just an experiment for him. Mm. And it happened to work out and be a, a major hit, so... I know his kid died, and that's why Tears in Heaven was written. That's sad. Yeah, that had nothing to do with the band Cream, though. I know, but that's all I know about Eric Clapton. Okay. <laughs> Moving on, Buzzkill. Um, Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin. Is this the only time we talk about him? Robert Plant, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, but he's still alive. Duh. Yeah. He made it past 27, He too. did. Now, there's, there's a lot of speculation about Led Zeppelin. Um, we could probably do a show on them, too. Yes. Um, he was influenced by Johnson. Fleetwood Mac recorded a few songs inspired by his music, which, honestly, most of the blues these days are inspired from him. Right. So, and... Well, know, and I wonder if Fleetwood Mac, because that's Stevie Nicks, right? Yes, it is. So she probably had other reasons for being influenced by him, too. Speculation says she's a little witchy. Speculation does say she's a little witchy, but she she's doesn't like, confirm or deny. She's the best witch of them all, though. Yeah, it's really good in American Horror Story. Really good in American Horror Story, and her music's awesome. Always. 
Uh, Johnson was born on May 8, 1911. You know what else is about good or what's good about 1911? No. One of the best 45s money can buy. Oh. Um, a gun, not a record, right? Yes, okay. a gun, not a record. Um, he died on August 16, 1938. So, uh, if you do the math there. 27. That's right. Which I quit putting in the notes at the age of 27 because that's kind of what we're talking about. Right. <laughs> so, Johnson was thought to be the or, the origin of the legend about the 27 Club. And the reason why some think the talented people in the club died at 27 is to make... Due to making... Oh, um, due... Is there a word do in there? Yes, after 27. Oh, oh I hadn't made it. That Park Club died at 27 due to making some kind of deal with the devil in exchange for talent and fame. So that's got Mr. Johnson covered for the most part. Um, would you make a devil or a deal with the devil? No, I don't think so. I think the only thing that could tempt me is if it would somehow save my kids from something like in exchange for them, I'd give myself up or something. Hmm. Interesting. I know you'd be like running towards the crossroads and here, here's my base. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily, I mean, I had to work out some, some plans. I mean, what are the... Like, what's the rules if you're already past 27? Well, even if I wasn't, if I made that deal with him, let's say at the age of, I don't know, 19, I made the deal. Does the devil then have to go talk to the army to get my soul? Because <laughs> you signed it over to them already? Because the last time I checked, they still got it. <laughs> or do you get to be like, haha, joke's on you, I don't got one. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, little, little, little humor there because yeah. everybody in my family tends to think I have no soul. Yeah, my mom and your mom would be mad if they knew we said that. You have a soul. Yeah, I, I know. The Army's got it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's still at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Might be. Which, do you get it back when you die? Which happens to be shithole of America. Do you get it back when you die? Uh, they didn't disclose that. Oh, Okay. Need to know basis. Actually, you know, I'm going to retract that statement. Fort Sill was not horrible. Lawton itself is not, like, a great city, but it's not bad. It's like the base itself is artillery, so you have tanks and um, big howitzer guns, and it's pretty much like three pine trees and a desert. Uh, oddly enough, there's going to be time for you to be able to discuss your army a little further into the notes, too. Oh, all right, cool. Drive on. So the next one we got up is Brian Jones. And we listened to a little thing by Mike Rowe about him the other night. Was it Brian Jones we listened to it about? Well, it was about some other people. But um, Brian Jones was co-founder of the Rolling Stones with Mick Jagger. He was the original bass player. Yep. He um, was born on February 28th, 1942. Around midnight on July 2nd, 1969, Jones was found at the bottom of his swimming pool. His girlfriend insisted he had a pulse when he was pulled out 
but he was pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. The coroner report lists the cause of death as, in quotes, death by misadventure. And and noted his heart and liver were enlarged due to past drug use. What? (laughs) No way. Actually, he was really bad off at that point. Yeah. The autopsy just revealed that he that the cause of death was drowning, but I wonder if that's because he had water in his lungs. Probably, and mm-hmm. he he probably like passed out because he was drunk and on drugs and went under the water and yeah. There you go. But I think um, he actually was kicked out of the Rolling Stones prior to this due to his replace due uh, to his drug use. Who'd have thought the Rolling Stones would replace somebody for using drugs? <clears throat> Keith Richards. Okay, now. <laughs> Easy, Rowdy. Um, Keith Richards definitely is not in the 27 Club. No, what was it that Jagger went to school for that we thought was like, wow, that's cool? Um, like an accounting or something? Yeah, stocks or something like that. Stock trading or... Yeah, and he went, he went to school for like two semesters and said, pass. I, I got a better idea. I'm going to sing. And he was going to school for free. Yeah, it was so. something like super intelligent. Yeah, and, super smart guy. And then he's like, I got this better idea. I'm going to sing. Yeah, so. Is it so, my turn? Yes, I want you to do Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. I like Jimi Hendrix. I uh, have a hard time sometimes wrapping my head around his style. Um, but phenomenal, phenomenal guitar player. Um. I was like, I know so much stuff about Hendrix that I for, I have literally just forgot most everything I knew. Just read some of your notes and you can maybe remember it later. Okay, so Hendrix was a famous guitar player and singer and songwriter. He was born November 27, 1942. And before Hendrix was 19 years old, he had been caught twice riding in stolen cars and was given the option to go to prison or join the army. What? Uh-uh. Did they do that? I think... <laughs> I'm sure they did. <laughs> However, is it illegal to ride around in a stolen car if you didn't steal well, it? it just said riding in a stolen car. I'm assuming he was driving it. Did he steal it? More than likely. Probably. So, he had that option of prison or the army. So, he went with the army. Good choice. Is, Good choice. Is that the choice you would make? Uh, yes, it is. It's the exact <laughs> choice I would make. Um, Hendrix was caught napping on duty and failing to report for bed checks. His platoon sergeant wrote that Hendrix would never come up to the up to standards to uh, to reading. <laughs> Hendrix would never come up to the standards required of a soldier in the military service. Would will benefit if he was discharged as soon as possible. Damn. Basically, like, the military is going to be better off without this dude. That's crazy, because <laughs> let me tell you what. Uh, do I got time to go off on a tangent? Uh, I mean, it's our a show. Sh- a short one. I went to basic training with some grade A natural fuck-ups. Like... They couldn't get out of bed correctly. And to get out of bed, all you had to do was get out of bed, stand at attention at the foot of your bed. And some of these guys could not figure it out. They made it all the way through basic. 
Well, he made it through basic. Yeah, but they these guys went on to be okay soldiers. I can't imagine Hendrix being that bad. That, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, Uncle Sam's better without you, sir. <laughs> you know what? Uncle Sam doesn't want you. <laughs> right. <laughs> that just blows my mind that, that he was... He couldn't have been that bad. It had to be a show because he knew he'd get out. Yeah. All right. So he was discharged under honorable conditions yeah, in how 1962. Did he sw- how did he swing honorable discharge when he got kicked out for being the worst soldier ever? <laughs> I, I bet you if he got dishonorable, he probably went to prison. Probably. And um, so they're like, you know what? Just let this guy go. Yeah, let's. He he's served his time. Let's let him be. Uh, he died on September eighteenth, nineteen seventy, and he was found by Monica Danaman. Dan Danaman. When she woke up and discovered him breathing but unconscious and unresponsive, Hendrix aspirated on his own vomit. And died of asphyxiation while intoxicated. With barbiturates. That's on your next page. Oh, sorry. With <laughs> barbiturates. Dannerman later admitted that Hendrix took nine of her prescribed Vesperix? Vesperix. Vesperix sleeping pills, which is 18 times the recommended dose. And I just want to like interject here real quick. Obviously, we could do whole shows on these individuals' careers. That's not really what we're getting at in this episode. We're just discussing the, these the, very well-famous, talented and, and, people. And the coincidence of dying at 27. All dying at 27. Yeah, because these guys, I mean, in the short 27 years that they are, were here, they accomplished so much and opened so many doors. And not only did they, not only did they pave the road for music but I think in my honest opinion they went through and carved out a 12 lane highway for music oh, yeah. that we have today yeah definitely because it, it just wasn't a road these guys were making they, they came through and I mean they made a huge impact and I think probably several of these are where we get the picture in our head of Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Woo! Keith Richards. <laughs> uh, if we say it three times, he appears in the bedroom. Keith Richards. <laughs> it didn't work. Oh, I would love for <laughs> Keith Richards to show up here because I could listen to that guy play and talk all night. I was going to try to like talk like him, but there's not a chance no, in hell I'll actually don't. <laughs> do it right. So. No. Um, what movie is it that I watched that has him on there? Muscle Shoals. Muscle Shoals. If, I don't know if it's still on Netflix or not. Uh, you can find it. Buy it. Is the is a great show. It's about fame recording yes, studios. Fame recording studios. Uh, let's see. Next, we're oh. going to talk about Janis Joplin. So, you know, um, and I don't know if you you covered any of this. A lot of these folks played at Woodstock. They did. And did you know that a lot of these people were not? main headliners at Woodstock. These were the the openers. Right. Jimi Hendrix was an opener. Yeah, he did like the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> That's 
what made him famous. That was at the end, though. Yeah. And that was unprompted. Yeah, and that's that's like one of the most well-known moments of his career. And somewhere there's a list of what these people were paid. Oh, yeah. At Woodstock, and it was like nothing. Well, it's like the Grateful Dead. Everybody thinks, oh, the Grateful Dead at Woodstock. Yeah, they were huge. The Grateful Dead would nothing at Woodstock. Yeah, they got like $100 a man. They knew the guy putting on the show, and that's how they got in. But, I mean, how do you not leave famous when you're in... How many thousands of people were at Woodstock? Um, 60 or 80. Yeah, so that's pretty good exposure. Yeah. that Like, if you got to go play for exposure at Woodstock for free, that's one of the times you actually do it. Yeah. I would have. Yeah. you. I mean... You just play cuz anyways. Yeah, you're right. It's nice if there's $100 with it, but... And sometimes there is, and <laughs> I play a few shows that weren't. Yeah. So the guitar player could get paid. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> so you want me to talk about Janis Joplin while yes. you look up yeah. what you're looking up? Yeah, please do. Okay, so Janis Joplin obviously was a well-known singer and songwriter. You probably know me and Bobby McGee. Yes. Um, she was born on January 19th, 1943. Take a little piece of my heart. Yeah, I think that was her. Uh, that made me want to sing it, but I'll spare <laughs> y'all. With Joplin's fame came drug use. She had a reputation as a speed freak, an occasional heroin user. She used other psychoactive drugs and was a heavy drinker. On October 4th, 1970, her producer, Paul Rothschild, became concerned when Joplin didn't show up for a recording session. He called Joplin's friend, John Cook, who was staying at the Landmark Motor Hotel, where she was also staying. Cook goes over to her room, which was room 105, and found her dead on the floor beside the bed. There was alcohol in the room, and it was speculated that narcotics were removed by her friend, but then he turned them over when he realized the autopsy was going to reveal that there's narcotics in her system anyways. Right. So he was trying to cover up for her a little bit and make it not look like she just partied herself to death, but... Yeah, it was pretty known that she was using drugs pretty heavy. Well, I think everybody in that era were. And she just couldn't handle it. So, I'm probably going to jump back here a little bit um, on Hendrix. Did you know he was from Clarksville, Tennessee? I did not. That's like an hour and a half away from us. Oh. And I think, now, I I don't have this in front of me, but if if memory serves me right I want to say that Hendrix played for Waylon Jennings um now he played for um Little Richard Little Richard that's it we just talked about we just about, talked about yeah. Little Richard yeah he played for Little Richard who was it who played for Jennings oh Kenny Rogers played bass for yeah for um he made it past 27 too yeah Sorry, but I thought that that was kind of interesting that Hendrix played for Little Richard, you know, back in the day. And, you know, we just went to Little Richard's um, grave the other day, well, yeah, about two to, weeks ago. We need to find out 
when they're putting the marker up. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, so back to Miss Joplin. Yeah, I pretty much covered Joplin, unless you want to add in anything on her. Um, no, I don't know a whole lot about Janice Joplin outside of what you've got here, um, okay. other than I, I really enjoyed her her stuff, her yeah, voice. Mean, her her voice is so unique. And raspy. I love that it's raspiness. Probably of all her. the drugs and cigarettes and alcohol. It's actually a strain on her vocal cords. Oh. I guess I did know a little bit of something. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, I watched a little bit of thing or a little bit of a show on her. Just a, a few minutes of clip. And it was pretty good. Wow, I'm choppy. I need to stop. Drive on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Jim Morrison. Ah, you know what? What? Was it... Who did he play for? The Doors. Riders in the Sky. Yeah, it's on your first line there. Yes. But... <laughs> You know what's synonymous with Riders in the Sky? No. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Oh, Lord. Yes. <sighs> that is... That, oh, wow. For those of y'all that don't know, Dwayne was a skater boy. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I thoroughly enjoyed my PlayStation. And, yeah, he, in his mind, is still a skater boy. No, he is not. <laughs> because... With age comes wisdom. He passed something the other day, and it's like, oh, I'm just seeing skateboard stuff there. Oh, they were putting new steps in at JSU. We were down visiting my daughter, and she was like, oh, look how they how they took the double overhang off, and they added these steps. It looks so much better. And I'm like, yeah, I'm seeing, like, a four-step rail, and you could, like, do all kinds of things off of it. And then he started fingerboarding, <laughs> which isn't dirty sex stuff like it sounds and fun. It's actually tiny skateboards <laughs> that you ride on with your fingers. It's the dumbest shit ever, but <laughs> YouTube it. It's hilarious. We have watched hours of it. These guys get into it. It's, oh God, this is like random show or us. Yeah, welcome to the ADHD show. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to my mind. It's without the voices. Squirrel. <laughs> All right, so Morrison was a singer-songwriter and founder of The Doors. Born December 8, 1943, Morrison moved to Paris in March of 71 with Pamela Corson. Yeah, and I'm assuming it's like a girlfriend, companion, some sort. Well, you know, she her name doesn't sound very French. Well, I don't know that she was French, but they moved... To Paris. All right. Well, on July 3rd, Scribbly, 1971. And yes, there is a Scribbly after 30. Put 31 instead of 3, and it's supposed <laughs> to be 3. <laughs> Which one of our other people was hey, like. You know what? You can't write it on the prompter. He will read it just like it's wrote. That's true. It's true. He will. What move is that from, guys? Send us a message. But Brian Jones, he died on July 2nd, 1969. So. You know, right. Around the 4th of July is not too good for these folks. Party time. Um, Corson founded... I'm founded, and he will make up words, too. <laughs> Corson found more... Corson found Morrison dead in the bathtub at his apartment. Well, official cause of death was listed as heart failure. No autopsy was completed 
because French law doesn't require it. There are rumors that he may have overdosed on heroin. Rumors. Well, <laughs> and I'm not sure how big heroin was in France or over there at that time. Well, ever which way it was, drugs were probably involved for him to oh, just yeah. die in his bathtub. Yep. So, who's this next guy you got? This is Ron Pigpen McKernan, who neither one of us are real familiar with because we are not deadheads. Oh, right, right. However, probably lots of our listeners know who he is. And we apologize for not knowing who this guy is because obviously the Grateful Dead were a massive band. They were, and they've got a cute little teddy bear, and that's all I know about them. The end. Oh, well, (laughs) if you would like to know more things about them... um. They had, they had two show setups because it took a crew of, I think, 40 men to put up and take down the show. And it took like two days, or the stage, and it took like two days to do it. And it was called the, the Wall of Power. And it was like 40 foot high, nothing but speakers. And they actually had to design a microphone that would block out the sound of the speakers so you wouldn't get the feedback. So you know a little bit about the Grateful Dead. Uh, only, just technically. Only only because <laughs> William is a big deadhead and I had to learn to play a few of their songs and I did some research. Yeah. So Pigpen, that's how most people know him. I know we've been going by last names, but I'm going to go with Pigpen. He was a founding member, keyboardist, and singer for the Grateful Dead. He was born on September 8th, 1945. By his mid-20s, his alcohol abuse began affecting his health. Around that same time, he also began experiencing symptoms of a rare autoimmune disease that was not related to his alcohol use. And I didn't write it down because I couldn't say it and didn't know what it was, so we're just going to go with he came down with some sort of disease. And the drinking didn't help it. I, you know, I have found that drinking don't help a whole lot. No, it it tends to just make problems that you already got worse. Right. So, he broke ties with the band. His last performance was on June 17th, 1972. Doctors had told him, you can't keep performing because of his health. And due to his declining health, he like, I mean, he, he was friends with these guys, obviously, because they were in a band together and toured. But he told them, I don't want you to be around when I die. That's tough. So he just cut them out. He was found dead from gastrointestinal hemorrhage by his landlady on March 8th, 1973. Wow. So obviously at his home, because of mm-hmm. his landlady. And that seems strange to me, his landlady. So founder of the Grateful Dead was renting. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he he may have preferred renting because there's less upkeep. Yeah, maybe he knew he was not long for this world, so he just got his affairs in order and made them easier to deal with. Right. Okay, so this next one, I'm going to go a little warning here. I am going to breeze through this with little to no information that is, if it's not written down, because we are going to do... A full episode on this guy. Later. Yes, because my kid is interested in it, and this guy's one of his favorites. Yeah. 
And we are in reference to Kurt Cobain, the founding member and lead singer slash guitarist and songwriter for Nirvana, who could possibly be the biggest grunge band ever. They, they started the movement. Yeah, in the world. Ever, period. They are the Robert Johnson of grunge. He was born on February 20th, 1967, and he died by suicide on April 5th, 1994. The end. And for real, <laughs> that is the notes on it. Because we are going to discuss the ins and outs of that in detail on a later day. Yes, um, we have. We actually have a book of his diary, and it's got copies of his actual handwritten pages in it, and it's pretty neat yeah so we there will be more to that story later but he is a member of the 27 club he is so we are including him on this episode and that is all we are including yes you're welcome (laughs) so the next one i'm betting you don't even know who he is but i included him because i know who he is um his poster used to hang right there right there where i'm pointing on our wall because it was my bedroom growing up yes jonathan brandis Brandis was an actor who began his career as a child. Wasn't he on uh, Team the Tool Man Taylor? No, that's Jonathan Taylor Thomas. He's still alive. Okay. Sorry, drive on. Jonathan Brandis was born April 13th, 1976. He appeared on One Life to Live in Stephen King's It the first time, not the new reboot. He was in The NeverEnding Story 2. Which sucked, by the way. Oh. You can't compare it to the first one because the first one was great. Well, if you remember the second one, then you know who I'm talking about because he was the kid that was reading the book. Uh, see, that's why that's why I don't remember. It's horrible. <laughs> and he also starred in Sequest DSV, which is what I mainly remember him from because that's when he was like a teenager, young 20s, and was super cute. And that's where he became popular with teenage viewers. Hence, his poster was hanging on my wall, which is the poster, by the way. If you remember me telling you the story about how my grandfather died and none of us knew what time he died. When it fell off. And there was a poster that fell off my wall at the same time two mornings in a row. Yes. It was his poster. Did we not discuss that on episode one? I think so. I think we did. Y'all go back and listen to it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that was Jonathan Brandis on my wall. All right. Um, He died on November 12th, 2003 by suicide by hanging. And I remember when that happened, that was like a little a little devastating to me. I can see that. I mean, 2003, I was a young adult. I wasn't a kid anymore, but, you know, it's like, why would he do that? That was my first indication, I guess, that people can be depressed and seem okay and seem like they have everything on the outside. Absolutely. So I'll let you cover this next one because I know she's one of your favorites. And she is. And, you know... I absolutely hate that she passed away so early because Amy Winehouse was probably one of the, I'm not going to say the best, but she had the potential to be one of the biggest stars on the face of the earth. She could have been Adele before Adele was Adele. Right. And and you probably know more about her than what I have in the notes, and you're welcome to kind of... I, I probably do... Maybe. I don't know. 
I know one of your favorite lines from her songs. Oh, you see, this is when you put me on the spot. I forget it. What kind, kind of, of fuckery, fuckery is, is this? this? <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> me and Mr. Brown. That's a great song. Go listen to that. Um, because if you can use the word fuckery in a song, I mean, come on. Yeah, and then we found that meme with the duck and the cat. Onwards or honkers, there's fuckery to spread. This is right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Anyways, Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse, a famous singer-songwriter, born September 14, 1983. Wow, she was young. Yeah, I mean, that's younger than me. Yeah. Born the same year as my brother. What happened to your brother? Never mind. They tried to make him go to rehab, but he said, no, no, no. That's another show. Winehouse had had an alcohol problem, and she had, she changed record labels after one tried to make her stop drinking and go to rehab. This inspired her song, Rehab. Which I just kind of quoted. Right. They tried to make me go to rehab, and I said, no, no, no. That's right. She didn't. She should have. Go, go, go. I wish she would have, or wish at some point in time she could have got the help she needed. I mean, because her voice was so unique. And and her look, too. She had that old school, like, pinup look, but kind of like hardcore bitch flavor. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure from everything that I've seen, she had a real good case of bitch going on at times. Probably. But she she was she's one of my favorite, and I have multiple albums of hers. And and actually, you have vinyl of hers. Yeah, yeah. I, I have actual ad- albums, literal albums, because sometimes you just cannot get that authentic sound through oh, iTunes or whatever it's called now. And I will say, like from Kurt Cobain on, these are the only ones that happened like in my lifetime that I remember. Right, and you know, I remember when when she passed. It, it was like a, a gut check because, man, you know. Well, and that's when you think like somebody who has all that going for him. Like, why would you not take care of yourself? Uh, and, everything, and and you know, and then I get to thinking, oh, probably another little tangent. Um, I, I think you know, is is being famous that difficult? Well. I will, I will say this from experience. For about two years, two and a half years, I worked a 40-plus hour a week job. And when I say 40-plus, I mean mostly 60 or more. And I played music every Friday and Saturday, some Thursdays, some Sundays. But I'd done that every weekend and for for about a year and a half yeah and it was rough we were exhausted so i can see how the but that was me working a job if my main job was to play music on the weekends i think i could handle it way better but a lot of them though they don't just play music on the weekends they play music all during the week too and they're what you were working 60 hours a week they were traveling so they play a show they get in the car and they travel Right. And then they play a show, they get in a car, and they travel. But, yeah, it's tough. I mean, being a full-time musician, especially if you don't have a big production crew and you don't have a label backing you. And I I think it depends, too, on the personality. Because I think some people handle people being all around them and wanting to take pictures of them and get their autograph and everything. They handle that better. Right. 
you sometimes don't want me to talk to you when you come home. Yeah, absolutely. But my position in the band, I was just the bass player. So I didn't have to deal with it. Right. But if you were famous, I'd still be just a bass player. There'd still be some people that knew you. I know. You stalked bass players of bands. Yeah, right. Just ask Johnny. Johnny Stanton. <laughs> Listen to Steelwitch, y'all. They're good. And Johnny Stanton's one of my buddies, so he, he's a good guy. Christopher the, Alexander. Oh, God. Christopher <laughs> Alexander. And he plays for Samantha Fish, who is phenomenal. Yes. Dude can span six frets. And he got little bitty hands. He got yeah. T-tiny hands that can stretch six frets. I do good to get four. Anywho. Let me drive back on to Amy Amy Winehouse here. So on July twenty third, two thousand eleven, her bodyguard checked on her at ten a.m. and wasn't able to wake her up. This wasn't unusual for her to to sleep in or stay out late partying. So I'm guessing he didn't like shake her trying to wake her up. He probably just stuck his head in like, "Hey, Amy, yo, ten o'clock." Right. So, he checked on her again just after 3 p.m., and she was in the same position. He checked, and she wasn't breathing and had no pulse. Two ambulances came to the home, and she was reported dead on the scene. So, she had probably been dead already at 10 when he checked, too. Right. The autopsy revealed that her blood alcohol level was .416 which could cause sudden death. The legal limit to drive, I think, is what, .08? Yes. <laughs> so hers was like... But there was literally alcohol in her body going through her veins there at was, this point. Her, there's no way her liver could filter that much alcohol, so there was probably more alcohol in her blood than blood. Yeah. So she literally drank herself to death. I mean... It seems like that right there would definitely be alcohol poisoning. Yeah, and it's surprising you would think that your body would throw that up. You would think. Um, but when you, I, I guess when you get to that level of alcoholism. Right. Your body gets used to it and doesn't. Your 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 organs no longer know how to function and protect themselves. Yeah, they just let it happen. And plus, you know, may maybe her brain started having that independent thought. You know, hey, are we breathing? I don't think so. Oh, shit, how do we breathe? I forgot how to swallow. Right, see? Yeah. So, um, oh, that reminds me. Another disappointing story. Yes. I was supposed to go see Burt Kreischer. For his uh, birthday in March? March the 14th. Um, It got canceled due to COVID, so they rescheduled for the 27th of June. June. Uh, Got canceled again yesterday, so 2021 he gets his birthday present from this year. Maybe. <laughs> Bert Crusher, we're coming to hear you tell jokes, man. If we have to come to your house. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> I'm going to die if he listens to the show and like sends you an email. Hey, uh, y'all come over anytime. I'll tell you some jokes. How does one co- become an abortion doctor? <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to help kids, but... I also want to meet chicks who... <laughs> put out I kind of went PG on that for some reason all of a sudden that's on this show by the way y'all check that out on Netflix Boy, we are sponsored by nobody but plugging a shit ton we are 
No, well, it is what it is. If any of y'all that we plugged did not want to sponsor us, just reach out and let us know. If you want to mail us a $5 bill, that's good, too. Or, you know, if you just want to say, hey, thanks for mentioning me on your show, that would be recognition enough for me. Or if Bert wants to invite us to his house to hang out and listen to him tell jokes. Or backstage next year. Yeah. At the show. That'd work, too. That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> we'll need three passes. My kid's coming. Anywho. So Awkward silence. Amy Winehouse died. Yes, and, unfortunately. And now we're going to move on to Anton. I don't know how to say his last name. I'm going to say Yelkin. Yeah, it's Yelkin or Yelchin. I'm going to say Yelkin. Well, let's go with Yelkin. So he was born on March 11th, 1989. And by his name, you probably have no idea who he is. But he is a Russian-American actor. So is he dual citizen? I don't know. Russian-American. I don't know. He <laughs> sounded Russian, but he lived in America. Okay. Um, he, you, you will know who he is when I tell you this. He's best known for his role as Pavel Chekhov in the latest reboot of the Star Trek movies. I haven't seen many of those because I don't really like Star Trek. Oh. Now, if it was Star Wars, we could probably talk because I'm the biggest fan ever. Yes. Yes, you are. That kid. Oh. That, that. That's unfortunate. You still have no idea, do you? None at all. <laughs> all right. Well, anyways, um, on June 18th, 2016, Yelkin didn't arrive at rehearsal. He was found by friends just before midnight that night, pinned between his Jeep Grand Cherokee oh, I remember that. and a brick pillar mailbox outside his home. Because... The- I'm getting... I'm going to get there. Don't steal my thunder. <laughs> Sorry. Yelkin apparently got out to check his gate that he had at his home, and the vehicle rolled back down his steep driveway and trapped him against the mailbox and fence. So he died from blunt force trauma and asphyxiation. So he kind of suffocated to death while he was trapped there. And Jeep had to do... I'm getting there. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were done. (laughs) Fiat Chrysler Automobiles was aware of 2014 and 2015 Grand Cherokees having a high rate of rollaway incidents due to a gear shift design making it hard to determine if the vehicle was in park or in gear. So he thinks he put his car in park, it didn't go all the way, he gets out, car rolls backwards down the hill. A recall had been issued, but the software patch didn't get to the dealers until the week he died. That's crazy. And I didn't get into all... There was a lawsuit, I think. I don't know if his estate or family got any money out of it. I didn't I get into that, all that, but... That they did go through and redesign the gear shifts because the gear shift was a little short, little stubby knob that just went straight up and straight back, I think. And it, it was very um, difficult to operate. Yeah, and... With him, his driveway was real steep, so if it was still in gear when he got out, it just rolled. It rolled. And, yeah. you know, it didn't necessarily hit him real hard, but he also, he can't push a car off of him. No, not with any kind of type of leverage, and especially, that's a big vehicle, too. Yeah. A Grand Cherokee. And, and he was kind of a little dude. I mean, he was a skinny little guy. Yeah. So, which, I mean, I say that like it matters. I don't think anybody could push a car off themselves after they've been crushed by it. But and Especially because it probably might have broke his hips. Yeah. So. Um. But anywho. And do you see what I did? Oh, look at this. I prepared with our housekeeping. Wow. 
Yeah, and look, we're at 51 minutes, so we're at a good spot. We, this has been a good show. It has. Even though I've been watching The Floor is Lava. <laughs> oh. Not sponsored. My lens. It's awful. <laughs> that show is... But you get sucked into it because you get to making fun of these people. And then you get rooting for them, oh. and, and then they smack their face on something. And Right. When they jump and miss, you're like, oh, gosh, I hope they didn't break their nose. That's why the water is red. Yeah, and then like you see somebody laying on their chin, and you're like, oh, I hope someone pulls them out before they drown. Mm, it's, it's bad. They're probably unconscious right now. But the host is funny. He makes a lot of... Uh, I don't want to say stupid jokes, but that's what they are. There's there's a lot of sexual references. Yes, a lot of sexual innuendos on yeah. that. Kinda or maybe like, we just take them that way. Kind of like our show. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything you'd like to add about the 27 Club? It's Unfortunately, it seems to still be continuing. Yeah. Um, um, no, I, don't, I guess. About, you know, I really think the 27 Club may be one of those things where it's going to more or less start applying to probably Winehouse back because a lot of people are are moving away from the superstition and lore of legend type things. And and I wonder like how much we could do if it's just because somebody probably I think when Kurt Cobain died that's when somebody started going back and looking and seeing all of the kind of connections of everything. So I wonder if you could just pick age. Like, if you researched all of the famous people who died at the age of 33. Right. Would there be a whole list of them? There, well, you actually found that there were more more pe- more famous people who passed away at... It was like 50-something. Yeah, 53. So, yeah. Um, that could be tied in. But I guess 27 being started with Robert Johnson and... The deal with the devil at the crossroads, which I would love to find the actual crossroads and go visit there and take some pictures. Well, and I think the thing with the 27 Club that ties everything into is all these deaths were violent or caused by drugs. Stuff like that, like not just like passed peacefully away in their sleep or died from complications from diabetes or, you know, it was all violent things that you would associate with more of an an evil side of things. So, I think that's... Dwayne Allman wasn't in that group, was he? He wasn't in the 27 Club. Um, he didn't come up on my list, so I would have thought he would have come up on my list. If he was... Um, I'm looking... No, he was 25. Yeah. So he he didn't make it to no, the 27 Club. Didn't. Um, and that was a, a... That was awful. And it seemed like when I was researching it that there were others that I thought were in it... That weren't? That weren't. Yeah. So I think it's just a... Well, I think the, the main group is going to be Johnson... Hendricks, Morrison, Joplin. And and there is some people that classify when they're talking about the 27 Club that cut it off and only count the deaths that occurred between like when was Hendricks and all that? Like around like the 60s and 70s right. or whatever. And it's that, like a four or five year period where right. like several of them died all there together. Um, so it would have been the like from the the, the grateful not the, the grateful Brian Jones the Rolling Stones guy to the 
Grateful Dead guy. Right. It would have been that period of time. And, you know, there there was also... Which would are all Woodstock people, too. Right. Uh, the the rumor of uh, Robert Plant and... Uh, wow, the name of their band just slipped my mind. I am a horrible person right now. <laughs> you talking about Robert Plant's band? Yes. Oh, my God. Is that the group that sounds just like... Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Do not shoot me, people. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, you know, there was, you know, there's a whole big thing about them being tied to an occult of some sort. Right. So that's another show. We may throw that in with a little, with Kurt stuff. And, yeah, that'd be, cause there may not be enough on Kurt to fill a whole show. Oh yeah, there is. If, there's probably enough on Kurt to do it. <laughs> if we let my kids sit down and talk about Kurt Cobain, even without research, y'all gonna be listening for a while. So, because he's got whole opinions about all of that. So. He's all, yeah, conspiracy theories, the whole nine yards. Yeah. But anywho, we are going to go ahead and wrap do some this housekeeping. Show up, do some housekeeping. I really need to put that on the pads. The housekeeping part. Yeah, that would really help me out. But you know, whatever, I can read it. So our intro music. We'll plug somebody that we actually have a reason to plug. That's not part of the Twenty Seven Club. Yeah, House of Curses. They do our intro and outro music. Yes, They're they awesome. Do. Go give them a listen. Our Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at WTF Was That Pod. Our email is WTFWTPodcast at gmail.com. And we still have stickers. We do. I still got to mail Ashley's to her. Yeah. Hatton forgot you, girl. <laughs> we need to send Tammy one too, but I got to get her address. Yep. So we'll get that taken care of. May do it a little bit on vacation. Yeah. So. So I guess other than that, um, hit the button.